From the trenches of Eternally Bored Productions, emerging through the horror thermocline, welcome to Sheebie-Jeebies, the megalopod by fans, for fans, and about fans. I'm your rescue diver, Sam Carlson, and today we are talking about The Meg. So The Meg recently came out, as I'm sure you guys all know. Uh, it did pretty well, like 44, 45 million at the box office, uh, first weekend. And it came out the same weekend as Slenderman, and uh, Slenderman didn't touch that, obviously. But uh, please welcome uh, another returning guest to the show, Chris Johnson. Hey, Chris. Hello. God, I... you're here all the time. Uh, until I get eaten by a shark bigger than me. <laughs> That's going to be quite a challenge, but I think we found one in this movie. Uh, yeah, I think so. In this movie, I think we found a shark bigger than me. Yep. And uh, it's um, based on the, the book, the, uh, the Meg something, the Meg colon something from the deep, maybe by Steve Alton, and uh, which was written back in 97. I'm still in the middle of reading it. I'm about halfway through. And this, basically, it followed a, a similar trajectory as Jaws did. Like, as soon as Jaws was written a few years after, we had a movie. And when The Meg came out, somebody bought the rights almost immediately. And then it was, it's basically been in development since then. That's usually never a good sign. No. I mean, this wasn't, you know, this isn't a bad movie. Oh, no, it's not okay the least. It's okay movie. It's yeah. fine. I don't have a problem with it. But, yeah. Uh, at one point, Eli Roth was attached to write and direct it, and then he wanted to star in it, and then that was a problem, because, I mean, <laughs> that, no, fuck that. No, Eli, you can't do everything. <sighs> God. The ego on that guy. It'd be the bear Jew versus the shark. <sighs> I'm pretty sure we can't say that. That was his character's name in um, that, that one uh, movie. Oh, I, well, I don't know. What movie. Okay, I didn't see it. All right. Never mind. Never mind. Good. Retract my statement. Yeah, that was his character. I was going to say, you like broke our one rule of the show for a second, but I didn't, I didn't see Inglorious Bastards. It was pretty good. Okay. Fair enough. But uh, ultimately, we got this directed by uh, John Turtletaub, which has done, who's done other things, and I can't think of what else. And who's in this movie? Um, we got the uh, professional swimmer turned action star. Yes, exactly. Like he did most of the swimming himself, except where the stunts got super hazardous. Mm -hmm. uh, we also have the darling of Chinese cinema right now. Yeah, Lee Bingbing. Mm -hmm. Also, uh, she was Blink in um, X-Men Days of Future Past, I believe. Oh, yeah. And that was one of the few action figures I owned as a kid from X-Men. I'd blink and I'd shatter star. That's it, y'all. <laughs> uh, it also stars the um, the lovely fun to not like uh, Dwight Schrute. Ugh. As soon as I remembered Rain Wilson was in this movie, I immediately cringed. I mean, I hear he's a kind of a prick anyway. Uh, sometimes you play to a type. Yeah, and in this movie, he's playing some sort of billionaire tech investor. That's what I found out. I wasn't sure what exactly his occupation was because he's funding the Mono One. I don't want to call. Can I? I want to call it a C Lab, but then I'm just going to be thinking C Lab 2021. Yeah. I, I, so he's funding the Mono One C Lab, but initially I thought he was affiliated with some government because it seems like he has his own personal militia to do his bidding in the end of the movie. And I was like, really? Well, Tech investor? Well, he's rich in industrial in uh, international waters, so there's no law. So I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> the Elon Musk of the seven seas? <laughs> Probably not. No, he didn't build his own sub. <laughs> I know. Probably not a very fuel efficient one anyway. No, no. No. So 
then we've also got uh, oh Ruby Rose is in this movie That's fuck right. I forgot I'm so sorry guys so and uh, I really liked her in Orange is the New Black and I think she's gonna be a good Batwoman despite all the all the backlash so which fuck off haters <laughs> and oh Oh, shit, Masioka's in this for a little bit. That's all, right. All of 10 minutes. Oh, yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> and then uh, also my personal favorite, because I was so excited because it's, I didn't, I couldn't place his face at first, and that, but I heard his voice and I was like, why does that voice sound so familiar? And that was the guy who plays The Wall, uh, Olafur Olafsson. That is the Swedish name I've ever heard. He's Icelandic. Eh, white people. <laughs> That's true. Whatever. And he's, uh, he plays uh, Maria Bamford's boyfriend on Lady Dynamite. And so I was like, that's amazing. I'm so excited now. And of course he fucking gets eaten. Yeah, he's like the first victim. Oh, so we'll get to that though. Sorry. We'll get yeah, to that. Yeah, it's whatever. Yeah. Uh, so basically Jason Statham, who you didn't even bother saying his name earlier. Well, you already know who's in this movie. We know Jason Statham. We, we yeah. know Jason Statham being as English as hell all over this movie. He's just statheming it in all statheming it in statheming stay statheming it up all through the movie, mm-hmm. uh, and it's, it's completely it's just a fun action movie in general. So he's a rescue diver. He goes down and people that are trapped under the water, he rescues them. That's like a job. I mean, that's just a job you do consistently. I guess I didn't know that. Whereas in the book, uh, the character that Jason Statham plays, uh, Jonas um, Taylor, is actually a paleobiology professor who was previously in the Navy, just doing like deep dives and um, inve- you know doing a research with the with different trenches. So uh, back to the movie, though. So a few years ago, approximately five years ago from the current events of the Meg, mm-hmm. uh, Jason Statham like lost two guys on a rescue mission because the sub that the guys were trapped in was attacked by something. It was attacked by something. And the two guys he lost were part of the rescue team. Yeah. And they already kind of know they're going to die potentially trying to rescue people. Uh, but they kind of make it a plot point at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. And this doesn't, this obviously affects uh, Statham badly. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, something that's brought up in the book a lot. It affects um, the Jonas uh, through, I would say at least <laughs> I'm only halfway through the book, but it's pretty much affected him the whole time. And, you know, he's got some PTSD from this, of course, and he's hesitant about, you know, diving again. Uh, same with the movie version. So uh, where was I? Oh, uh, talking about like the beginning of the movie where why Jason Statham is here compared to the book. Oh, yeah. So he lost these guys. And then for five years, he becomes a drunk and moves to Thailand. So, sure. And then it turns out, like, his ex-wife is going on this excursion through Mana One, which is our fancy sea lab that Dwight Schrute paid for. And they're going to go explore the Marianas Trench. Is that the correct trench that we're talking about? I don't remember for sure. It's not the Marianas Trench. It's a different trench. Okay. Because they talk about how... It's uh, not the deepest part. Yeah, the Marianas Trench is not the deepest. This one is actually deepest because there is a level, a layer of like hydrogen gas or something like that. It's some kind of like gaseous surface. Yeah. It's a cold surface that makes like the... Uh, it like be a false bottom as it were. Yeah, which I was, which I didn't understand, which I was, you know, I wish they hadn't glazed, you know, skipped over that part so quickly. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, the science is really cool. Um, but you know, that might also explain why once the, uh, once their vehicle their what was it called? Was it the origin or the, the origin, I think. I think it's the origin. Yeah. Yeah. The okay. origin is the first sub to go down. The first sub, the origin to go down and break through it. Uh, rather than coming into straight up darkness, which essentially is what you would find at the bottom of trench. Everything's really well lit and colorful. Well, they shot off lights. Well, yeah, but I mean, everything has color. Well, that's true. It has, yeah, it does have color as opposed to being like mute gray yeah. or white. Yeah, and they still have some of those charcoal plumes, which I thought was mm -hmm. cool. And uh, we're still talking about the thermocline, which is kind of, you know, the uh, that part where it's like from colder to warmer water, essentially, because down, they have the, uh, because, uh, down in the deepest part of the ocean, you'd think it'd actually be freezing. Uh, it, due to the hydrothermal vents, it's not too bad. <laughs> So there is a, a drastic difference between when those vents actually cut off and then the deeper parts of the ocean before you get there. So the hydrothermal vents are essentially what's keeping the meg down in the depths of, of the ocean. Because yeah. if it tried to get through. Exactly. That's kind of like what actually happens in real oceans kind of stuff. It's, like a, it's almost like an oasis of heat in the deep oceans mm -hmm. where a lot of creatures gather. Yeah. And... Um, you know, the, the, we, the Meg would probably not survive very long if it went from the, from that cold, that warmer to the colder region. So suddenly anyway, so the origins exploring, it gets attacked by the Meg and it's pretty much out of commission and they can't move. They're all going to die eventually if, if they don't get rescued. So they call in Jonas to go, you know, save everyone. And Jonas is like, no, at first until they tell him his ex-wife's on there. So there's a history there between them, but we don't really find that out. Um, in the book, basically, uh, Jonas is still married at the beginning of it, and then his wife is just basically like a cheating whore and like a gold digger. And she's really manipulative, and it's a total trope. So, I mean, uh, I don't think Steve Alton really likes women that much. Yeah, I mean, this movie's He's probably kinda... a secret insult. It's kind of <laughs> like, no, I mean, um, hey, I mean, there are a lot of parallels to Jaws, and it's mm -hmm. like, especially, and, and Peter Benchley's Jaws is obviously like a probably, it has to be an influence, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and then on our Jaws podcast recently, when Austin and I were talking about it, and he was saying that uh, Jaws was kind of like an allegory for uh, male impotence. Mm -hmm. So I feel like maybe Steve Alton's an incel. I think anybody's really a secret incel, though. I like to project that on people and see if I can, like, make up reasons for why that might be possible. But, uh, anyway. <laughs> Before I got into that. Before we got into the incel conversation. Steve Alton and Michael Myers are part of the secret incels of Hollywood. <laughs> but, so, yeah, but this movie, like, it feels like everything you're talking about in the book is complete opposite in the movie. Yes, like pretty much. Like the wife in the book is cheating on him, doesn't like him, and so forth. In they the movie, fucking hate each other. Yeah. In the movie, they kind of like, oh, yeah, they don't like each other. You wouldn't tell because she's trying to hook him up with Lee Bing Bing the entire time. Mm-hmm. On her, like, all the screens she has is like, hey, yeah, she's pretty cute, isn't she? I know. I mean, they're totally amicable towards each other. Mm hmm But, you know, not... You know, they don't have a good relationship in the book. Maybe the book is also meant to mirror the way that, you know, Brody and uh, Ellen didn't have a good relationship either, Either, but, oh, like, Jonas is 
wife, ex-wife in the book is just written so terribly. It's like, she's just a walking caricature. She's basically Kathy Moriarty from Casper. That's, <laughs> that's how big, that's how big of a caricature she is. So anyway, go down there. Turns out, okay, cool. So we're rescuing people. Uh, Jonas's ex-wife is, is hurt, you know, but she gets better. It's fine. She, mm. you know, nobody, you don't really see her for a lot of the movie. She's not that important. No, no. So they go down there, they get attacked by the Megalodon, and they have to leave, and Masioka makes them leave him behind. Yeah, it was, uh, Masioka sacrifices himself so the ex-wife and the wall can escape. Yes, exactly, and I was I was glad about that, because I did not want the wall to die that early on. I was sad about Masioka dying, though, I liked him. Yeah, but it's a Chinese movie, it's like you're gonna kill the Japanese guy, like, really early on. The only Japanese guy in this movie. The only one that I saw, maybe I missed one, but. Because wasn't most of the book Japanese? Um, pretty much as far as, yeah, I mean, the, the, um, ocean, Oce- oceanic institutes, uh, the Tanaka oceanic institute. And then, uh, the gal who I'm assuming is supposed to be Jonas's love interest probably later in the book is named Terry Tanaka. So we're Japanese people all over the place. And mm-hmm. then, uh, obviously this is by, you know, Chinese studio. So it's, it's going to be marketed towards the Chinese audience and that's fine. Not even, not even marketed. Like this movie feels like the oncoming of the way movies going to go to where we used to market movies for America, for Chinese audiences. Now we're going to market Chinese movies for American audiences to release them back in China. Yeah. But you know what I really enjoy about, about that is that we get a chance to see more international stars. We oh, get yeah. a chance to see somebody like. I don't think it's bad or anything. I'm oh no, it's cool. no, no, no! I agree. I just, you know, I really like the fact that Lee Bingbing got this, uh, got an awesome lead role like mm-hmm. this, and she gets to lead this movie with Jason Statham, and they get to have her as a love interest. I, I want to see more of that, uh, you know. But um, you know, that's all. I'm just saying, yeah. it's whatever. Hmm. I don't, you know, Pacific Rim, God, the new God, the 2014 Godzilla, these are all pretty much just like kaiju movies, you know, that are just being funded internationally to American audiences for, you know, international markets. It's fine. They're going to make tons of money. We're going to get sequels. Oh, yeah, easily. I mean, we already got a sequel to the, fr- the previous Godzilla movie coming out soon. Yeah, that looks amazing. I mean, I hope so. They're going to have Mothra, Rodan, and... Uh King Ghidorah, Ghidorah, yes. Yeah, I can't wait for that. That's going to be great. I might actually see that in IMAX 3D. That, yeah, if they put it out in that format, I'd probably go to see it that way. It would be worth it. Okay, so. (laughs) Tangents. Tangents, yes, tangents. Okay, so they rescue, they rescue everyone, except for Masioka, because he's Japanese. Yeah. We just leave him down there. And he's, you know, he gets killed by the Meg, essentially, or just dies. So what we don't know is that the Meg has followed them up through the thermocline because mm-hmm. when the sub exited the thermocline, it left kind of like a temporary uh, curtain of heat, I guess you would well, say, it, or warmer water. It was both the rescue sub exiting plus the explosion oh, of the yes. first sub. I forgot the sub Because the they were right above each other, so it's kind of like created this huge like uh, vacuum of heat going up. Yes, it, yeah. It created a shark superhighway, according to Ruby Rose. Yeah, yeah, as opposed to the... <laughs> As opposed to the book, where the book actually, the Meg that they're dealing with down in the trench, uh, that happens to be, a, to be the male 
Meg, which is smaller than the female Meg, it gets tangled up in a cable and it's getting pulled up by the by the the Kiku, which is the name of the battleship that's being that the that they've sent the um, well, it's not a battleship. It's like I think it was a former battleship that was mm-hmm. restored. So it's being pulled up by the the Kiku, the ship, uh, through a lever, and the male Meg's tangled up, and then the female Meg comes up and basically bites a hole in the male Meg and comes up through the thermocline uh, through that warm blood, all that warm blood. And that's what protects her. So I think it's fine either way. I kind of like mm-hmm. the blood better, but then you're giving away the fact that there's two sharks. True, true. On. Yeah, they don't give away early on to the like till the first shark gets uh, taken out. Uh, that There's actually two sharks in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, so at some point they figure out hey, the Meg followed us back up and they go hunting for it and then they get a super special poison and there's, you know, and then they're able to poison it. Yeah, they so, stab it, there's like loose tooth or something. They stab it into the mouth. Yeah. And inject the poison. Uh, but no, like, so when they go down there, that, that's, so my biggest, biggest thing I'm upset with this movie is nobody wears flippers when they're swimming in the ocean. <laughs> It's kind of like, if I need to outrun something, I want to be able to move faster. But like, nope, everybody's barefoot. It's, you think of all these professional divers. They even have, like, so uh, when uh, Lee Beanbing's holding, uh, hugging her daughter, she actually has a dive watch on, let you know, hey, she's a diver before they actually have a going to dive. It's like, oh, that's a cool thing they showed. But nobody uses flippers. It's like, come on. I wonder if Jason Statham had a problem with that on set. Like, I wonder if he brought anything up, like, hey, where are the flippers? Yeah, I'm sure. Or he's like, you know, I'm a professional movie star now. You need to look at my feet as I'm swimming to the ocean <laughs> with my gracefulness of Stathamness. Stathamness. We're just making up words today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so they string up, you know, so they poison and kill the, the male Megalodon. They string it up very much like the stringing up of the tiger shark in Jaws, where it's like, hey, we caught the shark that's killing people. And then, no, that's not the shark. Because this giant beast of a CGI shark comes flying out of the water and basically to to just nom down on that male megalodon mm-hmm. and crashes that boat's party. Like it's it's every, like it just belly flops on it. Oh yeah, and until this part of the movie, nobody's really died to the first shark at all. Uh, it's kind of like oh, there's never really death in the shark movie. That's kind of weird. Oh, they already caught the shark. Okay. Uh, and then they're uh, celebrating by like, oh, look, we caught the giant shark. Let's take photos around it. And they're like, they, they make fun of the wall because you're trying to take a, a selfie with it. He falls in the water. And then he's kind of like an afterthought swallowed up by the second shark as his jumps in the air and bites the other shark in half and crashes on the boat and destroys it. I know. The wall came crashing down. I'm sorry. Look what you've done. This is Chris's fault. He made a bunch of bad puns on the last episode for Slender Man we recorded, so now this is where I'm at. <laughs> okay. So now we've got the bigger shark, which, you know, it wouldn't just come jumping out of the water because, you know, she's like, she'd be blind because, you know, mm-hmm. she's been in the trench that long. You're not just going to, like, decide to come out of the water and, hey, whatever. Yeah, this has been disbelief for the movie. Gotta keep it going. I know. I know. That's that's very that's very pointless and to, to argue over. The thing is... Okay, so guys, we're dealing with a CGI shark movie. I get it. I know what to expect. I am not expecting a mechanical shark, although if they had made a mechanical shark that big, 
That'd be great. Dude. Hey, somebody's got the robotics tech, tech, uh, capabilities, right? We built Waterworld. We can afford to build a mechanical shark. Make you, get Elon Musk to build us a mechanical shark. There He's we go. got enough money. Those little boys are already out of the cave. He's not doing anything. And he needs to get back in the public's good graces again. Mm-hmm. And dating Grimes is not helping. We don't want you to date Grimes. Build us a mechanical shark. That's all we ask, Elon. Yeah, I know. I'm a jerk. He's probably an incel, too. <laughs> One thing I raise incels. I'm sorry. Okay. So the sharks look like great whites. We're not seeing anything special or prehistoric. It's mm. like the evolutionary chain went from big shark, smaller shark. That's, that's the, that was the great white evolutionary scale. There's no difference. It's just basically like you just blew up a great white on your on your uh, on your your CGI machine. Oh, oh, I think they call it a computer. Never mind. Well, no, all they did is like it's a touch screen. They kind of put their fingers in the corner of the uh, shark and kind of like expanded. <laughs> it's kind of there we go. Exactly. Also, there's like no, there are no other sharks except great whites in this movie. There's a lone hammerhead at the end. Oh yeah, like when they have like regular sharks, like oh, this is regular eight foot sharks. Oh ho hum. Yeah, nothing, no big deal about that. Yeah, with the, the uh, I feel like that's also kind of like you know, China is like the great white shark of the world, and there are no other sharks, and except for that hammerhead, that's Japan. Oh yeah. <laughs> Well, it's the hammerheads of it. Also, it was environmental message where the first thing, like when they, uh, the first Meg escapes um, the deep sea, uh, the first thing it does is destroy like three finning boats, like the uh, boats, you know, that go out there in China that. Oh, uh, they cut the fins off yeah, sharks. Yeah, it's like illegally poached sharks to saw the fins off for shark fin soup and then leaves the bodies behind. Yeah, but. It was a Captain Planet shark. <sighs> That'd be great. Mm-hmm. Except the shark bodies were floating, which they would they should sink because they don't have flotation bladders. Like if a shark dies, it it sinks to the bottom. The only thing I could think of why they floated is maybe they're not really like a certain. Maybe some sharks have them, or or they're they're like they've been dead long enough to you know get all the the gases built up from uh, death and kind of like float a little bit then sink later. Maybe Eh, who knows? I don't understand death or sharks. That's probably why I'm scared of both. I'm a little bit less scared of sharks than I am of death. Because I know a shark doesn't care, doesn't want to deal with me anyway, because I'm just a big human. Oh, and also we're in the middle of Texas. Oh, yeah. It's kind of hard to find, like, oh, a shark attack in San Antonio. is like, what? what? <laughs> How? Well, I mean, it, well, you know, we do have shark thefts in San Antonio. We do have shark thefts, yes. Oh, yeah. I think they returned that, that shark to the San Antonio Aquarium. Oh, they did, because they found the guys, because they weren't, you know, it's, it's not many babies in San Antonio look like a, sh- a tiny shark. <laughs> Are you sure about that? You've seen the people that live here. <laughs> Maybe loan sharks, but. Oh, God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I wonder if they, why they, did you hear why they stole the shark? Cause I didn't, I was thinking maybe animal rights activists. Maybe they wanted to sell it on Craigslist. It's, it's more of, it sounds like uh, people at the party got drunk. It's like, you know what we can do? We can steal a fucking shark. Well, no lie. Like I've been to the San Antonio aquarium and um, they, basically don't have people i mean they're not like you can just go up and touch animals there like they don't really have any sort of cages around their lizards and shit Mm -hmm. it's the most ghetto aquarium i've been to um you know serious i'm not i'm not i'm not 
talking shit like it's not well run i mean they've got cool exhibits but they're not watching the animals and that's why that shark got stolen because nobody's paying attention well how often do you think of like who's gonna steal a shark it's san antonio we'll steal anything (laughs) so find a way oh yeah life uh finds a way yeah exactly that's why like san antonio is one of those booming cities because we're stealing all the businesses because cost living so fucking cheap guys Wow, I'm. Re- I don't know if I'm trashing the city or if I'm building it up now. Do you work for the tourism board? Like, drop the mic. Can like, I? Yeah. Can you guys sponsor me? We, we steal sharks tonight. here. Yeah. Come to the city where. Yeah. The, did you remember the Alamo? Yeah, yeah. yeah we almost forgot it, but no, too wary. We'll remember it down here. <laughs> uh. Anyway, tangents. <laughs> tangents. Tangents. So yeah, so the big females fucking shit up, and then. We do, we basically go through these little plots where we, we get stuck in dangerous positions and it's like Lee Bingbing dies approximately, like almost dies approximately five times and Jason Statham has to save her, you know, to further the plot and then the romantic love interest between each other, which they actually have excellent chemistry. Well, they do. Uh, also like the part where, um... Lee Bingbing's going down in the glider uh, and just was like, okay, let's, let's go over the plan. And she's like, what we're going to do is this, this, this. I'm actually going to pretend I'm going to follow you. I'm going to do my own thing. And it's kind of like, I was waiting for her to like, give her the finger as she's going down to the water. I was like, fuck you. I know, I know what I'm doing. Oh, man. Was that at the very end? Yeah, so it's towards the end. Yeah. Where they like got into the gliders together. Yeah. To take on the giant shark. What was the plan? Wasn't there something else happening? You're just going to send the gliders after that? Well, no, they wanted to... Um, Were they going to poison it again? I think so, but they also wanted to uh, distract it from eating all the tourists in China on that one big beach. Oh, yeah, that was a cool scene. That was a cool scene, yeah. It was also recreating Jaws. Yeah, I loved it. It was great. Yeah, we even had like the mom running down to the coastline. Running oh, past yeah, her. the little Chinese Alex Kintner and his mother. Yes, uh-huh. I forgot about that for a second. Oh, yeah, but so they're going to distract the shark from going from them. They're like, hey, is it like play Sound of Whales on an iPhone? <gasps> I know, right as he's about to eat this kid with the popsicle, the little Chinese Alex Kintner. I was, you know, I was like, dude, he would not care about no whales. I mean, like, there's food, like, legit. Well, she wouldn't care about no whales. There's mm-hmm. legit food, like, right in front of her. Mm-hmm. But whatever. So, yeah, they distract it with whale sounds and mm-hmm. then they kind of chase it around with the gliders. Yeah, it was, it, it, it reminded me of like the opening of Star Wars. The, the <laughs> shark went over them like it was the Millennium Falcon <laughs> with the <laughs> Imperial Destroyer going over top. Like, yes. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, at some point we kill kill the bag, which. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because we have to kill the shark. It's. It's, it's how shark movies go. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I forgot for a second. Uh, I haven't gotten to the part in the... haven't gotten... Again, I've said this three times. I haven't gotten all the way through the book, guys. Give me some time. But the, what the plan is, is they're going to try and capture the shark and, you know, tranquilize it, but drag it to the... Um, through this man-made lagoon built by the Tanaka Institute that was meant for whales, but there are no whales in there currently. It's mm. like still empty and unfinished. So that's the plan is to like drag it into a, into a man-made lagoon to keep it captive. So alien. Except it's not going to die. Okay. But no, I'm saying like, as in the, the corporation is trying to capture this monster for reasons. 
Well, yes, because they, you know, they're also financially they're hard up because, uh, you know, they're the Megalodon destroyed the array that was down at the bottom of the uh, Marianas Trench that was monitoring earthquake activity. And that was essentially how the Institute was getting funded. So they got to figure out a way to get money, mm-hmm. which is fine. But no, um, so I don't know if they kill the shark in the book. We definitely kill the shark in the movie. Oh, Jesus. But it's fucking stupid as shit. You guys, y'all remember how Jaws ended, right? It took a lot to knock down to knock down Jaws. You know, it we, it, we ha- yeah, we had to blow that fucker up with this. Okay, so basically, what happened to Jason Statham's glider? It got injured, or not injured? Jesus Christ! <laughs> the glider's injured. <laughs> it's a sugar glider. <laughs> Underwater <laughs> poor, sugar poor gliders. <laughs> That's how we take down the Meg. <laughs> oh God! Better movie, maybe. So the glider gets fucked up and it's got like a rough edge on it. Yeah. It's it's almost like a can opener kind of edge to it. Yeah. It's kind of like a homemade shank. Yes. And Jason Statham basically pilots the glider and slices the slices the meg from from uh, like fin the face. Oh like, yeah. Yeah, from the end to the front. From you know. end to end. Like he's gonna do a shark topsy up in here. Mm-hmm. And it's not even a deep cut. Oh, no, no. Because yeah. it's like a good maybe like eight inches, uh, maybe maybe like a foot into him. But a foot into the belly of this 70-foot shark is going to be like nothing. Yeah. But luckily that holds it down long enough for all the other great whites to come and eat it. Oh, yeah. They kind of munch on it a little bit. But then that kind of leads to where... Um, I was making the joke uh, during the movie where uh, Jason Statham has to eject his glider and then he's going to stab the shark in the fucking eye. Yep. As it's leaping out of the ocean. I was like, from the depths of hell, I stab at thee. He's definitely challenging Jason Momoa for Aquaman, man. Oh, yeah. Shit. I was impressive. I was like, that's some Aquaman crap right there. But yeah, we, we killed the Meg by shanking it. Yes. Yeah. In the face. We didn't nuke it. Even though it's it's so many goddamn tons. So I'm kind of like, that's it. You know? Mm-hmm. Should have put up more of a fight. Yeah. And then the, the other sharks. That's a big stupid fish. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I wanted something more spectacular. I wanted to see fish guts. Oh, yeah. Fish guts everywhere. Mm-hmm. You kind of had that when they when they killed the fake uh, giant shark. Because there's like two fake deaths for the Meg. Because there was a time when... Um, oh, yeah. The, that was a whale. Yeah, yeah. When Wayne Wilson, uh, with his private army, were like, <laughs> where they, they hand make depth charges out of like dynamite and time char- like timers. It's like, what the fuck, guys? Yeah. Um, they're like, oh, look, there it is. Let's kill it. And they throw bombs. They're like, oh, yeah, we killed it. And they stand on top of it. Wait, no, it's a whale. And, you know, initially when, uh, when uh, Rain Wilson leaves the Mono One because he's saying, yeah, we're shutting this down. We're going to have uh, uh, ships here to get you guys tomorrow. So he leaves in his helicopter and he's talking to a couple of his goons and they're talking about, they, they bring out the depth charges. I thought for sure that that was all that those were strapped to Mono One and he's going to blow it up because he couldn't because af- like insurance. For, for insurance and also because he couldn't afford to have any more people die. But it's like, it's just insurance. Nobody's going to find out that there's like a giant shark that's been killing people. They're just going to think something went wrong and it exploded. Oh, yeah, totally. There's no, no insurance claims like, oh, yeah, just something exploded. It was an experimental base. So experimental sea lab. So mm-hmm. anything could happen. You know, there's got to be pressurized air involved somewhere. You know, that explodes very easily. Uh, yeah. 
And so then uh, after we kill the shark, Jason Statham and Lee Big Bing go off and they are, they live happily ever after. And I think it's cute. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Especially since even Lee Big Bing's daughter is like, hey, hey, that mom's awesome, isn't she? Yeah, she likes you. Uh huh. Like even the daughter's wingmanning him. Daughter was cute. Yeah, she's a she's an adorable actress. Mm-hmm. She's a really good child actor. I hope we uh, get to see her in more things in the future. Um, but uh, it was a fun summer movie overall. It's nothing like a, it's not obviously an Infinity War level movie, but it's a fun little jaunt if you wanna if you wanna get out of the house for a, a little bit. Two hours is kind of too long for this movie. A little bit because it felt like two movies. The first part of the movie with the uh, rescue felt like the abyss. And then this movie felt like modern day Jaws. Yeah. I mean, I would prefer maybe a little more editing, like cut out 20 minutes, I think will be good. Mm-hmm. But because uh, there, there were, you know, I was getting a little tired of see Lee, seeing Lee Bing Bang almost die all the time. <laughs> I'm like, I get it. We know she's in danger. We're setting up a romance. It's cool. I got it. But, uh, you know, I'd go to see it. What do you think, Chris? Oh, yeah, I'd see it again. Yeah. Better than Slender Man. Definitely. Oh, yeah. Uh, so far, I think the best um, horror film I've seen this summer is still Hereditary, though. Well, that was really good. Yeah. And then we've got a couple of uh, couple more movies coming up with the fall Halloween season starting. Obviously, we've got The Predator, and we've got the Halloween remake in October. And then The Nun is coming out next month, also, I think, uh, the week before The Predator, which I'm not looking forward to seeing The Nun, because I just, you know, The Conjuring's fine. Annabelle's garbage. Um, what else spun off from that? I think it was just it. Annabelle and then the Nun movie because it's kind of like this movie's really popular. Let's take all the horror things from it and make its own movie out of it. Yeah. Hmm. They, had, they had a Nun trailer before uh, Slenderman. That was actually more enjoyable than the movie. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather watch the Nun than see Slenderman again. Mm-hmm. If I could just, you know, go if I could just borrow Doctor Strange's Time Stone, that'd be if, awesome. If I could just turn back time. If only I could find a way. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> Uh, but on that note, I think we're going to end the episode here with uh, that, those those great, awesome puns we just had back to back. So, you know, if you all want to share about uh, your adventures with the Meg, you know, if you have any fun stories, you want to leave comments, especially about the book, because I would really like to find out what happens because but not I don't want to have to read the rest of the book because it takes a long time. If you could just. Drop me a comment on the Facebook page, and that's facebook.com slash shebejeebies, or you can tweet at us on Twitter, which is just twitter.com slash shebe underscore jeebies. You can send us an email. Uh, We are shebejeebies at outlook.com. And then uh, look out for our Instagram, which is shebe underscore jeebies. Okay, I think those are all the social media platforms we have. I always have to tick them off in my brain. Uh, But until next week, you guys, uh, y'all stay creepy. 